The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash centralpa sportsmed to learn more. Welcome all fans of high school football. This is yet another round of PA High School Football Report. I'm Eric Epler. He's Dan Sostek. And I believe my PenLive colleague may be experiencing a bit of uncomfortability. I, I just made that word up, by the way. Uh, due to a recent visit to the dentist. Is the kitchen sink all right, Dan? Uh, yeah, l- let's just say I've been experiencing a solid 15 years of uh, issues from uh, not not doing what they tell you to do when you have braces. And, they're, they, and uh, I've been paying the consequences ever since that and not seeing the dentist for like four years. So uh, combine those two things and... Uh, you got you, you get your share of Novocaine. The issue is, <laughs> the last time I was there, they kept starting the drill to put in the filling, and then they were like, "I had to keep raising my hand." I'm like, "I can still feel this. I can still feel this." Hello, still feel it. And then by the, by the end of the time, I my lip was drooping, and then I headed over to Eagle View Middle School to cover two soccer games. So it was uh, a you trooper. Yeah, it was a fun Thursday. I've got I've got one more fill in tomorrow. So. Um, uh, if you see me on media day, I hope uh, my lips healed by then. I think you'll be all right. All right, buddy. Let's get down to pay dirt here. Week one of the district three postseason uh, is complete. Uh, for some classifications like one a, the ride was very, very quick and very, very painful for Fairfield. Uh, and we're about to crown our second district champion this week uh, in class two a more on that in just a minute. And of course, class six a is just about to begin. Uh, in the coming hours. So lots more on that over the next 20 minutes or so. Again, welcome into PI High School Football Report Podcast. I'm Eric Eppler. That's Dan Sostick. Before we get on the gridiron, Dan, I wanted to get your take to, I know you're a baseball guy uh, occasionally, uh, so I wanted to get your take on the Houston Astros winning the World Series. That happened since our last podcast. And, of course, this one came at the expense of the Philadelphia Phillies. Well. As much as my mom is a Phillies fan, I'm not a fan. And I actually kind of lean at lean towards kind of embracing the Houston Astros and kind of liking because I'm more of the belief that, you know, the cheating they did in 2017 was something a lot of teams were doing and they were kind of scapegoated for it, which is why they were kind of unapologetic and which is why people don't like them is because they're unapologetic. And I think they've kind of proven that. You know, it's it's kind of similar to as a Patriots fan, how the Patriots got accused of all the cheating and then went out and won three more Super Bowls. They're just good baseball players. They're a really good team, really smart. I thought it was a fun World Series, too. Um, I mean, it it felt like the Phillies were a team of destiny for three games. And then, uh, you know, it all all went to there. But that that's why you build up that organizational depth. So it was a fun one. That was it was a fun ride while it lasted. Absolutely, a lot a lot better than most uh, most anticipated. Yeah. But listen, as a former catcher, it is your job to steal signs. Now, <laughs> that said, if you have a guy in center field with a telescope and yeah. you're relaying them, that's quite different. Yeah, but yes, it's your job as a catcher to steal signs. Baseball, there's been cheating in baseball since they put seams on the seams. Oh, yeah. Exactly yeah. right. Exactly right. 
All right, that's enough about baseball chatter. Let's get back to football, Dan. We're going to offer up uh, some choice opinions here on the on the uh, following this week. The District 3 Class 2A title match is coming up. Uh, that's between Trinity and number one seed Anvil Cleona. I, I know the rest is, rest of the state has been jumping to different days. Uh, a lot of game, a lot of these games have been pushed to Thursday or to Saturday uh, because of the expected rainfall coming up uh, the coast, I guess. Uh, but as of right now, this one is scheduled for Friday night, seven p.m. at Anvil Cleona. Uh, Dan, your your first at first glance uh, uh, on the rocks and the little Dutchman in this one. I mean, it's two teams that are playing their best football at the right time, right? It's Trinity is really figured it out in the second half under Jordan Hill, which is kind of what he designed the schedule to be, right? He started that schedule with the gauntlet, with playing Roman Catholic, with playing why I'm missing. So they could learn kind of, you know, this is what the top tier looks like. And they've, they have a ton of weapons right now that they can really rely on with Messiah Mickens, uh, Christian joy came over from McDevitt. Um, uh, Max Schlager, uh, Caleb Ray starting to play really well for them. Wyatt Cooper on the end. So they've got a lot of talent, but boy, Anvil Cleona looked really good last week too. So did Trinity, but Anvil Cleona um, put 42 up on Camp Hill, who's a, who proved to be a pretty solid team this year. Um, they've also got who I think is one of the – I can't imagine there's a better name in um, – yeah, than Phoenix Music. Phoenix Music. I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a fan of a band called, named called Phoenix. So uh, not good SEO for this kid, but because uh, because it's a popular band. But uh, they've got Phoenix Music and uh, Dominic Funk. So they've got they've got a real good backfield. The funk the funky music backfield. Um, I think this is going to be a really fun game. I think it's going to be high scoring. Um, I I and like I said. You love it when you get these two teams that are have are building at the right time. Yeah, look, I was in Elliottsburg, Dan, midseason, and I watched West Perry trounce the Shamrocks, basically run up and down on them and beat them 40 to 14. Coach Jordan Hill, after the game, had his crew in the locker room for I would say it's it was at least 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think myself and maybe the one maintenance guy were the last guys and, and the bus driver. Um, and basically in a nutshell, he, he, you know, he, he called them out for being soft, not, you know, not in that game. And and rightly so, because the Mustangs just kind of really pushed them around along the line of scrimmage. They gave up 320 some yards rushing in that game. And that chapter just, uh, you know, unfolded badly for Trinity from that point on really only steel high got to them from that moment on. Uh, and you might expect, obviously, the high wire rollers to kind of get theirs. Um, but that OT loss to the Steel High, I think, was so valuable. They still gave up. Trinity still gave up 320 yards rushing, but they damn near shut Alex Irby down. And my first question to Alex after the game, they wound up winning 35-28 in overtime. But it was a fantastic ball game. But I said, don't take this the wrong way. But you, that was the worst statistical game that you've ever played in a roller uniform. And he was like, you're right. You're right. He goes, it just, you know, they could not get that end of the thing going. Uh, and I had a couple of penalties that that marked that. But this is all about slowing down music. <laughs> you know, 2,000 yards rusher for Phoenix, uh, 27 TDs here. 6.9 yards per carry is really the number that I'm looking at. Um, he's been tremendous. 
And two other guys, too, defensively for Anvil Cleona that worry me, and that's Jonathan Shea. He's only a sophomore. Uh, I don't know if he leads the team in tackles, but he's darn close. Got seven sacks on the year. Um, and another guy in their linebacker, Darren Holloway, um, who seems to make big play after big play and rack up tackles by the dozens. So these are a couple of guys that, that Trinity really has to worry about. But, you know, on the flip side, Dan, you mentioned about this being a high-scoring game. I agree with you. I think this is a free-for-all. I know the weather might not be great, um, but both of these teams love to do their damage on the ground. You mentioned Messiah Mickens had a great game against the Lone Catholic last week. Um, you know, Trinity's got a couple couple X-Factor guys, too, like Colin Morrow, Trey Wyant. These guys seem to come up with big plays, um, and I think I think it's going to take something like that. It's going to take like a pick six you know, early in the fourth quarter to kind of gain a little separation or maybe a scoop and score or something like that. But, um, you know, the good thing about this is I really believe the winner here has really an inside track to the state semifinal. Yeah. Um, I think both can beat either Bristol or West Catholic next week. Um, and then it's likely a, a, a quarterfinal date with Lakeland, the District 2 champ, um, who's really good. But both of these teams have a shot to make the state semifinal. So, I'm like you. I expect a lot of points in this one, and I think it's going to be a barrel to watch. I get, I get a chance to see it, so uh, I'll let you know how it's going. Yeah, it's always interesting when you cover a team like Trinity. Like I've only covered the last time I covered Trinity, I covered them once this year. It was their loss to Wyatt missing, mm-hmm. and I haven't seen them in person since. You just kind of follow from afar and say, "Oh, look, they're winning. They're po- racking up a couple wins." And uh, you've seen them in person, and it sounds like. It sounds like it's not just, you know, them racking up wins. It sounds like them learning, a young team learning how to how to play, you know, postseason level football. And I think that's a it speaks a lot to Jordan Hill and that he he didn't just come here, you know, just to be that that ex uh, local right. star to be a coach for a couple of years. And he came here to win football games. Yeah, the physicality factor from Elliottsburg, like I mentioned, I believe it was week four, might have been week five. But from then to, to last week in Delone Catholic, it is night and day. It is night and day. And that could go a long way on Friday night. So, all right, Dan, let's uh, let's transition over to District 3, 6A quarterfinals. Um, the powers that be made a, made a quality choice this year uh, to implement this year. They had a choice a couple of years ago. They could either take their bye week um, at 11, just the way the state bracket lines up um, in week 11, or allow the district champion, whoever comes out of the district champion, that week 13 to get a bye week 14 and then go into state semifinals. Well, they did the, the latter the first two years, and it never made any sense to me why you would get one, you would give one team the bye instead of getting all eight a bye week. So this year they finally did it, and uh, I think it makes a heck of a lot more sense um, for them. So we're starting now. We had a bye week for all this, the eight qualifiers. We're starting in the quarterfinal round. And let's start, Dan, with the eight versus one. This is Carlisle being the eight seed at number one, Hempfield, Friday night, 7 o'clock. What's your take? I wish Carlisle was fully healthy right now. I, I yeah. mean. It's I I, because I think that they've done such a good job getting it really looked like their season was, you know, their season was guilting. Yeah, it was kind of guilting Um, after that York High, after that York High brutal loss that I mean, players got hurt in that game and 
It was a game they could have won against a real good team. They lose 54-47. Then they end up, that game starts a four out of five stretch where they've lost four out of five games. And uh, since then, they, you know, they win three straight. Uh, They start looking a lot better. Uh, They've really gotten Jeremiah Hargrove going as a running back, which um, I think has been a huge thing for them. That's one of the biggest bummers of the year for me is that we didn't get to see Eli Hargrove play, uh, get that get brother duo that, I mean, they're, those kids are both so dynamic. Kyle Williams has said before, those are two of the toughest matchups in the Commonwealth. Uh, so it's a real shame. There've been other injuries like Marquise Miller and uh, those guys, but Hemfields, they, they've got a really, really impressive um, uh, strength of schedule um, as strength of wins, wins over Wilson, over Mannheim Township. Uh, over Dallas Town, over York High, close loss to Central York, forty-four uh, twenty-two loss to Exeter, which this Exeter team is stacked. That's yeah. nothing. That's nothing to hang your head at. Um, a forty-sixteen win over Reading um, to end the season. They they are just a really uh, you know it's it's going to be a tough ask I think for a undermanned Carlisle team. But you know what? Every time you kind of count Carlisle out the they make it tougher on they make it tougher you sometimes uh you know all it takes is a big game and they've got the the one thing that kind of makes me think that if they're that they'll have a shot in this game is that they do have a pretty good offensive line and i think that line you know Landon Schmick Thomas Nelson, those guys if they can get Jeremiah Hargrove going early get a few chunk plays put a little pressure on him field it's on the road maybe they can make it interesting but i mean you don't get the number one seed in um, in 6A without being a really, really tough team to beat at home, especially. Yeah, it just feels weird, but, like, you know, no one really is paying attention to Enfield. No. The number one seed in the tournament, in the 6A tournament. I mean, I think what you mentioned, um, you know, some of the guys you mentioned, obviously quarterback Jackson Landis has been really, really good. Um, they're 8-2 and two on a really, really tough schedule. Uh, the running back, Stephen Catch, has been solid all season long. The defense has played well at times. You mentioned the victory over Wilson and things like that, where they basically bled out the last eight minutes of the quarter and scored uh, to beat Wilson, which is impressive. Uh, that doesn't happen very often against a Wilson coach or a Doug Dom's coach defense. So, um, But I'm like you. There's something – there feels like Carlisle, because of the brutal schedule, because of what they've gone through, it, it seems like Carlisle has a little bit better than a puncher's chance here um, to keep this. I know the injuries obviously are a huge factor for them. Um, I don't know if they've played full strength all year. Well, they haven't with without Eli uh, Hargrove. But, um, you know, this could be interesting to see if they could sort of get, get a little rest that bye week and come fully prepared. I mean – you know, I don't know. I think maybe it's because these two teams don't have a tremendous amount of history uh, of success in the district playoffs. I mean, Carlisle hasn't reached a 6A, uh, has only, what, won or haven't haven't really reached a semi. I don't think they've reached a semifinal as a 6A program yet. Uh, Hemfield might have one or two semifinal appearances, but they've lost badly both times. Last year was Harrisburg, I believe, uh, and a couple of years back was Cumberland Valley. But um, – so maybe that has something to do with Hemfield kind of being overlooked here, but I agree with you. I think it's a, it is an uphill climb for for Carlisle to go on the road and get this W, but um, I'm not dismissing the chance because uh, we've seen 
we've seen the medal of Carlisle uh, during this season, and it's it's pretty impressive. So Hemphill's going to have to work to get by these guys. Yeah, for sure. It's I mean, even even like the win over Cumberland Valley proves proves yeah. how how quickly things can change. You know, uh, they win they win that game uh, when Isaac Signs goes out with sickness. All of a sudden, Carlisle's taken it to the number four seed in six A, and you know, you never know how these games can go. And I think they're a team that can capitalize on mistakes and can kind of make you pay if you're if you're not on your A game. All right, we're going to take a quick short break. When we come back, we'll continue with District 3, 6A, breaking down the last three games on Friday night and one Saturday, matinee. The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash centralpasportsmed to learn more. All right, we're back here talking District 3, 6A football quarterfinals. Four of them on tap uh, this week, uh, three on Friday, one Saturday. We will get to the Saturday game in a minute. When we left, we talked about Carlisle's trip to Hempfield and the top-seeded Black Knights um, Friday night. So let's let's move on, Dan. Let's go 5-seed uh, Manheim Township at the 4-seed Cumberland Valley. Uh, I think we played this tune one time this year already. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Uh, you, I, I believe you were you were there, and this was this game was actually sort of Cumberland Valley's coming out party, right? That hey, the Eagles are back, and they're gonna be a player this year in six A. Uh, it was a thirty-one twenty-seven win. Uh, kind of a weird game, if I remember from uh, what I read about it. it was, there were kind of some big plays, but as we learned, that's kind of how Cumberland Valley played. They got big plays in special teams. Uh, JD Hunter is a, a big play guy. And I think we kind of maybe didn't realize how much of a leap Isaac signs had taken at quarterback at that time. Now we know um, this game's going to be at Cumberland Valley high school, which is a big, big thing I think for the Eagles um, because the, the game in August was uh, uh, no, sorry. The game in August was also at Cumberland Valley, um, but it's going to, I don't think that game has any bearing on how this game's going to go. Um, I really don't. Because uh, I, I think it, it was a rainy night. It was a weird night. Um, but Mannheim Township is a good team. They've Hayden Johnson's a really, uh, really good quarterback they've got there. He's 73% completion percentage is correct. Is, I don't care. I don't care if he's throwing screens every play. There, there aren't many high school quarterbacks that can even complete 73% of screens. I don't think he's doing that either. So uh, he's a really good player. Uh, Landon Kennel. Uh, is a really good wide receiver for them. And then they've just got a ton of weapons at uh, running back uh, between guys like Declan Clancy and uh, uh, Shamir Covington. Uh, just a really tough offense. And, you know, Cumberland Valley has it, – it's been a weird end of the season for them. I, I don't want to say it's been bad because, I've it first off, they've had a really tough schedule to end the year. And I would say their performance against State College was a, was a positive, not a negative. And then – they had the, a big win over Altoona, but 26-20 loss to Carlisle with, like I said, Isaac Sines getting sick, a couple other plays getting sick. Um, only a, the Central Dolphin win doesn't look as good as it um, might on paper. It's 35-21. That, that was kind of a a Central Dolphin team in a down season that they went 3-7 and seven this year. Amazon. But I think that um, they're going to be fired up. They're going to really want to – you know, prove, 
just how back they are. And they want to get to to play. Uh, they want to get a chance, you know, to get into that that state championship game because we know where the state championship game is. Um, so I don't think that they want to end their season in um, the first round of uh, district playoffs. But um, it's, you know, these four versus five games are always the toughest ones to pick because it's always two teams that, you know, are three to four points different. And, um, you know, they say in Vegas, you get three points for being the home team. So we'll see if that uh, that holds up. Yeah. I mean, there's no question uh, to me the two savviest quarterbacks in this field uh, are playing uh, opposite of each other Friday night at Chapman. I mean, Johnson has been tremendous. He was tremendous in that uh, quirky. We had a long delay in that first game. Um, he had 342 passing yards, four TDs in that game. Uh, he just could not be stopped. And, of course, signs uh, well over 250 all-purpose yards for him. He had 138 on the ground, three total touchdowns. And it was just back and forth and coming to the Valley, scored twice, quick, boom, and uh, lead changes and all that good stuff. It was a tremendous football game that lasted about three and a half hours or four hours because of the delay. Uh, and I, I, I expect this one to come down to the wire too. I mean, I, I don't know what that much, I mean, both of these teams have improved tremendously. Uh, of course, Manhattan Township, you know, went in and, and beat Harrisburg on the season um, and maybe a couple of games that they hope to get back, but you know, they've upped their production. You mentioned Declan Clancy, 8.1 yards a pop. That's impressive. That's impressive, especially knowing that knowing the schedule that these guys have. Um, and 111 yards you had against Wilson uh, two weeks ago now uh, in week 10 to close out the season uh, means he's a legit threat in this one. So it goes beyond Hayden Johnson. And you mentioned a couple of his wideouts as well. Uh, wet and windy, Dan, probably favors the Eagles. Uh, in this one, um, but like I said, I anticipate another close matchup. It may take a JD Hunter return, big return like he had in the first game, uh, to kind of separate these two. But to me, this is the most intriguing uh, a game. I know that we have another rematch that we'll talk about here in a second, um, coming up with Week Ten actually uh, rematch. So um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who comes out of this one. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm going to have to make my picks here probably shortly, but. Um, I'm going to hold off as long as I can for this one. Yeah, you could hear my even my computer is really excited for this matchup playing uh, salsa music uh, randomly. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I just I I think you also hit the nail on the head. If if this game ends up happening Friday night in the rain, Bryce Starrett's might be uh, Josh Oswald's uh, best yeah. friend that night because he's a big physical back that can really uh, that feels like he is. Um, Born, born to run in, uh, in uh, you know, tough conditions. So, all right, let's move on here. Uh, we're gonna go seven seed York Hyde at number two Central York. These guys played about ten or eleven days ago. Central York coming up with a forty three thirty eight victory. Um, the Panthers, of course, went unbeaten again. Dan in York Section One. I think that's four in a row uh, that they've bled right through that thing. Uh, but of course. Um, week 10 wasn't exactly a walkover against the Bearcats. Uh, it took a monster effort by Jules Goff, who is their top rushing or other top rusher to kind of get it done. He was sort of summoned, uh, to play a wildcat quarterback because, uh, their quarterback this year still was out. Um, no reason for him being out, but, um, you could kind of read between the lines, 
But uh, Goff went for 225 yards and four TDs in that one. Um, and they needed all of it to get by York High. So I I don't know who stops who in here. Obviously, you're looking at when you talk about York High, you talk about Jaheim White. That's the first guy uh, you talk about. But I was impressed. I got to see York High against Carlisle uh, early in the season. I was very impressed with quarterback Sam Stoner in this one. Just the kid's grit. You know what I mean? He's one of these gamer guys. He can tuck and run if he wants. He gets tough yards. He obviously throws a nice ball. He's very, very good uh, under pressure. He's mobile, and he's got a couple of talented wideouts uh, to kind of go to, too. And, of course, he can just drop down to White in the flanks, which he does a lot. Um, you want to get White, obviously, as many touches as you can, but he seems to go about 12 for 190 uh, every week. He only needs a few uh, – a few inches to get going. So uh, this is going to be a tough one for Central York. I, I'm, I'm hearing that still is back, but I don't know for sure. Um, so hopefully uh, we'll, we'll find out, but yeah, this should be another high scoring affair. I, I, I think it, I think it duplicates or is at least similar to the week 10 game. Yeah. I mean, you saw, you got to see uh, uh, York high play. I, I saw Central York. I covered that Cumberland Valley Central York game. The only, only loss on Central York's record this year. Um, and that was a really fascinating game because uh, Cumberland Valley jumps out to a 28 to six lead over um, over Central York in the first set. And game final score 35 33. So it, it kind of tells you the type of team uh, you're dealing with in Central York. But the one kind of thing from that game that did stick out to me was, you know, Bryce Starrett, who we just talked about, really got going, especially early in that game. And it, re- it really set the tone for. Um, it really set the tone for that contest. Um, and I think that that's going to be kind of the deciding factor here. I think if they bottle up Jaheim White early and force Sam Stoner to beat him, I think Sam Stoner can beat them. But I think it surely, um, you know, shifts the tables to Central York's favor if uh, if that's what happens. But um, I, I really think it comes down to that. I think Jaheim White's going to decide this game if if he does Jaheim White things. York High doesn't tend to lose a lot. Um, and, I mean, it. I I got to see a glimpse of him at the Chambersburg Peach Bowl, and that kid is so impressive. He's, he's the – I mean, I don't think I've seen a better better running back uh, in high school this year than uh, Jaheim White so far. So um, I think this is a really fun matchup. Uh, I, I genuinely think either of these teams – could could end up winning 6a i think it's that i think they're that level of teams i don't i'm not looking at that seven seed in york high i think they're good enough i think central york's good enough um i think it's a really really fun matchup for a two seven yep i agree 100 percent. all right last uh but certainly not least saturday at severance field harrisburg 1 p.m uh third seeded cougars are hosting six seeded wilson uh, the Cougars certainly own this series of late, Dan. I mean, I believe it's three or four straight uh, over Wilson when they've locked up. Um, but give me your thoughts, basically. I, I think the perception is, or at least uh, I think we might agree, that Harrisburg is the perceived favorite yeah. in 6A. Um, based on, obviously, based on what we've seen from the Cougars, uh, we've seen the majority of teams in person uh, in this field. And I think they are perceived favorite. Now that said, you just mentioned, Hey, your may be good enough to win this thing. 
Central York certainly looks good enough to win this thing. I believe this is the most wide open 6A3, you know, District 3 field that we've had in quite some time because we have seen Harrisburg stutter on a, on, on occasion. You know, we have seen guys like Hayden Johnson uh, uh, and Manheim Township, um, you know, complete complete their, you know, progress and actually win a game against Harrisburg. So it can be done. Um, they proved it. So I, I think we probably agree that Harrisburg's the favorite, but it's it's a very slight favorite, if you will. So what do we think about the Bulldogs? Well, one of my biggest concerns with this matchup for Harrisburg is just when you kind of look at Harrisburg's schedule, it's been pretty bare bones this last, you know, five the five games besides the state college game where they were missing five players. So we really haven't seen Harrisburg's full roster go up against, you know, a playoff level team since Cumberland Valley. And that was a, a solid performance. It, I wouldn't say it definitely wasn't the Harrisburg's best performance on offense. Um, we saw how the Wilson game went last year. It's got, it's going to, it's probably going to be a similar game. I would, I would imagine um, to that kind of a closer, you know, grind it out type game. I believe that game is also in kind of bad weather too. Although this game's on Saturday, so it'll probably be nice out. Um, but, you know, I just think Harrisburg in the playoffs, they're going to play a certain style of game and they're going to dare you to play that game along with them. I mean, they, they are going to grind the football. I think that I, I maintain they still, there's not a better defense in, I'll go in 6A in the state than Harrisburg's. There might be, there might be ones on par. There aren't any better, um, but they're going to get tested. Cameron Jones is a really good player, really good running back for Wilson. And like you said, Doug Doms is a, he's a heck of a coach. Um, he'll be able to scheme up some stuff to make Sean Lee second guess a little bit. Um, I think it's going to come down to, I think it's going to come down to that red zone offense. We talk about all the time with Harrisburg. Can they convert on their opportunities? They're going to get down inside the 20 inside the 30. They're going to need Kyle Williams to make guys miss. Um, I'll tell you what we'll, what we'll, I'll be looking at is if they can get Elias Cody Coke going uh, a little bit and get Elias Coke going um, in the deep passing game, get one of those big chunk plays early. I think that will really be a good sign for, you know, how Harrisburg's handling this matchup, but Wilson's a really good team. So uh, I don't think you can take anything for granted. No, it almost seemed to me, too, and you mentioned the second half of the season kind of for Harrisburg. It almost seemed to me, and I saw him multiple times, um, that they're playing, a, you know, Calvin Everett's playing it close to the vest. Yeah. Um, I, I think I think they could. We know they have the ability to go vertical. Uh, Sean Lee has come miles, progressed miles uh, as a passer. Um, and their offense is very capable of, of going vertical, but it's almost like Calvin Evers just continuously challenging that offensive line. Listen, we're going to run downhill on everybody we face. That may work against Wilson, but I don't know if it's going to work for you know for four quarters against Wilson. So I think that early shot is something we could see out of Harrisburg too. And if it converts, obviously it puts Wilson uh, in a deep hole rather than just seven nothing or whatever if they go for two. Uh, eight nothing. Um, because as as good as Cam Jones is, um, and he's tremendous, and not only as a as a runner, but obviously as a return guy, yeah, uh, he's the most he could you know he's one of the most dangerous guys on the field. 
But I just I don't know if Wilson is capable of putting up enough points here. Yeah. Uh, against that defense. I, I just I don't know. And and again, uh I don't want to take anything away from uh, you know, uh you mentioned Edison Case, um, who obviously leads the team. Tommy Hunsecker's been a very good quarterback for them. But it is about Cam Jones. I mean, you know, you do need the alpha and, and Cam Jones is the alpha there. Um and 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 to me too, Wilson beating Manheim Township there coming it was which was the only team they beat with a winning record um this year coming in week 10 um sort of i guess brings their brings their chances a little bit heightens their chances a little bit i think um going into this matchup but it's never easy to play at severance field on a saturday at one o'clock uh it's different from what they're used to um so i think wilson's in for a, a big challenge here especially like you mentioned if if harrisburg can get off to a solid start here and of course, not shoot themselves in the foot because, you know, sooner or later, those, you know, 10, 11 penalties that Harrisburg has been racking up every, every game, you can get away with that against some teams. Uh, Wilson's probably a team you don't want to do that against. You know, you've got to be solid. Uh, you can't play behind the chains um, against Wilson. So uh, I look for a good one. I, I think it should be good. I think it should be relatively low scoring. Um, but Harrisburg to me certainly has the edge here and, and it's all because of that defense. Yeah, I was encouraged. The last game of the year against Central Dolphin, uh, Harrisburg, only three penalties in that game. So it was a good, it was yeah, a there you go. step in the right direction there. Um, just the one thing that I've always kind of keep a tab on with them when it comes to the playoffs and kind of the propensity for Harrisburg to be in close games with those fast starts. One of the big things about getting those fast starts, getting to the two touchdown lead is, it, I mean, it's, it's kind of low hanging fruit, but they don't, they don't have a kicker. They go for two almost every touchdown, yeah. and that stuff can really bite you. Bite you if you if you don't convert. If you don't convert two, your first two two point conversions, and it's twelve nothing instead of fourteen nothing. That's a huge difference in a ball game. That's a really like that is that completely changes game scripts. That changes everything about the football game. You you go up two scores. Um, that really kind of alleviates some of that risk. So. I think that's another reason why, uh, you know, they really have to get out to a, a big start. Absolutely. All right, Dan, we're going to go one through four. Uh, give me your picks. We'll start. Uh, we'll start with that Carlisle Hemfield game. As much as I want to pick Hemfield, uh, I mean, as much as I want to pick, Carlisle, um, I've I've got to go Hemfield. I think they're the better team, uh, the healthier team, and the more t- the battle tested team. TV Manheim? I'm going to go Cumberland Valley. I think that this is a team that is built for the playoffs. And, of course, Central and, and York High. Uh, let's go with the upset. Let's go with York High over Central York on the road. Interesting. It's very interesting. And Harrisburg at Severance on Saturday. Let's go Harrisburg. I think the defense gets it done for them. All right. I will take the top seed, Hempfield. I will go Cumberland Valley, Central York, and Harrisburg. We'll find out what happens here in the next uh, next few hours. Dan Sostic, thanks so much for joining me. We'll see you tomorrow somewhere on the gridiron. Good luck at the dentist. <laughs> Make sure to give you a lollipop for all that. All right, that'll do it for this edition of PA High School Football. Get out there and watch some uh, watch some free football. On the lump, it's going to be cold. It's going to be wet. Take an umbrella. And we'll see you all next week.
The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash Central PA Sports Med to learn more.